morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and bring you what is new in the Japanese music industry. This is the week of Friday, September 9th. I'm your host, Luna, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? All right, all right, all right. So, unfortunately, it is Dos Compadres tonight. Ken is unavailable due to due to work, to be honest. And we are going to miss him on today's episode, and we look forward to having us all three back in the future. And with that, Gray, how are you? What have you been listening to this week? I am really good. I have been dealing with a lot, so I haven't had the chance to really listen to as much as I would have liked, I'll be honest. But I have been still enjoying Smile by Buddies. Like That was just a wonderful release uh, that we talked about last week that I've just been going back and enjoying. Uh, I've been checking out Hunter Hunter, and so I've been listening to Departure um, by uh, Matsutoshi Ono. Uh, that's a, that's a fun song. Uh, there was two other songs that I listened to, but they uh, we're going to be talking about them later. Sadly, uh, one song I did check out, Luna, that I think you probably have already heard and really like, is I checked out Wings by Kodakumi, and that is a really good track. Uh, that is a really really good track. And if you haven't had a chance to check that one out, I highly recommend you check out Wings by Kodakumi. It's really good. And uh, other than that, I haven't been listening to anything too crazy. What have you been listening to, Luna? So the main thing I have been listening to is I went back to Gotomaki. And it's honestly been quite some time since I listened to her. Those of you who don't know who she is... She is a former member of Momosu, Morning Musume, from back in the day. And I I love Gotomaki. I think her solo work is very, very good. I wish if all of it was on Apple Music, and it is not, unfortunately. I've been listening to her first two albums, and then I also listened to her fourth album, How Do You Sex You, which is a very interesting change. And um, going from her first album, uh, Making Goo Gold, and and then her second album is Paint It Gold. And it's interesting going back through these. I, I really like her. And some of my favorite songs, to be honest, by her is... I always remembered uh, Genshuku Gao from... It's Genshuku Gao Hade... Hade ni Kube, uh, Ikube, and it was from Fushigi Yugi, and that was actually the first time I heard her that when she wasn't in Morning Musume, so her solo work. And I still love that song, it's a ton of fun, but one of my favorites is probably Daiteyo, Please Go On, and Grasu no Pampu, once I heard that song, that instantly became my favorite, which is on her How Do You Sexy album, so I've been going back through all her stuff, to be honest. And it's been really nice. I forgot how good of a vocalist she is. And that's one of the reasons I've always been drawn to her for that reason. But she is phenomenal. And I'm going to be diving into more because I bought her premium best album, which I did not have yet. So I'm very excited when I get that in the mail. And I'm also going to go through all her more recent stuff, like her one love album as well, which is on my list to listen to next. And what some of the other releases I've actually been listening to lately 
is Ski by Edu. I absolutely love Edu, and it's such a cute song. I also checked out Banana Lemon's new single, Escort, which is very interesting. I love their rap in it, but I think Phoenix, which also came out this year, is a way better song just because I love the vocals in it. I also did listen to Kodakumi's Wings just because it's new and I can't pass up a new Kodakumi song. And yes, Gray, you're correct. It is fantastic. And Chanmina's new single, Tokyo 4AM, finally dropped on Apple and I have been obsessed with it. I, I watched that debut to the music video and once that came out, I hit the plus sign. It's a fun dance track and it's just been keeping me energized. I also have been listening to Superfly again. I've just been on this interesting kick. I've uh, one of the main tracks I've been ch- I've been constantly listening to is Iwo Komate Hana Tabawayo, and I also died back into Juju with her Live in New York album. And by golly, that girl can sing! I want to see her live in New York one day. Also, I was listening to I Don't Like Monday's newest, one of their newest singles, Lonely Zombie Wonderland. I mean, it has zombie in a title. I had to. And I honestly wasn't expecting the type of track it was. I thought it'd be a little more spooky themed. It's not, but it's a nice, chill track and they have great vocals in it. So I highly recommend that one as well. And since I am awaiting some packages, I also went back to Cream because I finally bought their Change album. So I was re-listening to that upon its actual arrival to my house because I'm very excited. And dived into a few older tracks as well, too. So as well as new ones, such as uh, Wagaki Band, I went back and listened to Sinbo and Sakura. I just felt like listening to some of their music the other day. Also went back into Sold Out because I realized their 10th anniversary album came out and it is on apple so i was listening to their one million monsters attack and dream drive which are two of my favorite songs if those of you who don't know who sold out is they are a japanese hip-hop rap group from way back when they're probably one of the early rap groups i started listening to thanks to pop japan tv so it was so nice to go back and re-listen to these and it just gave me that nice feeling and as far as new stuff, Kaho released a brand new mini album because Ice Cream EP. And there's acoustic version of Summertime on it and it is phenomenal. So I highly recommend that as well. And also Perfume released their new album Plasma and I finally started diving into that. And I'm greatly enjoying it so far and I might actually have to buy it. So I listened to mainly a lot of this on the weekend before... Before I got busy with work, so. Alright. Looks like we've had a, hopefully, if you haven't heard any of those, go check them out. So, this week, we have a special topic. We've been trying to do more things that are in the news lately. And one of the big things that's dropped in the news is the Korean group Kepler, who we have discussed previously on Oricon due to their first impact mini album that came out in January they are making that they have made their official Japan debut and they made that on September 7th with their single fly up so this is a pretty big deal because not only did they just do their Japanese debut the same year they did their Korean debut they are also doing a showcase as well 
And that'll take place that on tenth, the September tenth and eleventh. So by the time this came out, it'll already taken place. And that'll feature a live concert. The track listing has not been announced as far as I've seen. So we will see it after it airs. And this will be to showcase their debut. So we'll probably see a mixture, of course, their new single Fly Up and the tracks that are on there, along with tracks probably from their first two Korean mini albums, which also came out this year. So Kepler has been very busy and it's amazing to see them making their Japan debut already. Yeah, it's really weird because usually it seems like, you know, I, I don't know much how the Korean market works, but it seems like typically, you know, when we're talking about Korean groups and stuff like that, like they've been around for a year or two before, you know, they really start coming over to Japan, but you know, Kepler, you know, they, they debuted this year, if I'm correct. And they, I, they're already having a Japanese release pretty fast. It's pretty wild. Like how quickly they've really come into the Japanese market. Yeah, it is. They made their official debut at First Impact on January 3rd of this year. And it was with the track Wada Da was the ty- was the main track for First Impact. And that was one that ended up in the Oricon charts. And you are correct. A lot of artists usually, a lot of Korean artists take a little bit before they even debut in the Japanese industry. They usually have one first full album out or a mini album. Then they'll come over to Japan or even a couple under their belts. Kepler already has two Korean mini albums under their belts or two EPs. And with their first Japanese single, it's pretty, it's four tracks, which could be considered a mini album for some. And that's amazing. I mean, they have two original Japanese singles along with Japanese versions of their track Up and Wa Da Da. And I think the thing that made me happy about this is that they included two original tracks along with two Japanese versions because a lot of artists when they make their debut only do the Japanese versions and this isn't for all artists I mean it yeah it really is hit or miss I mean each artist I feel like is different depending on their agency but it's very interesting to see that and just a little more information on them for those who don't really know who Kepler is they are a nine-member k-pop Project Girl Group. So they were actually formed through the MNET survival show Girls Planet 999. And the the final lineup for them was actually announced last year in October, the 22nd. And that was in the final episode. So that's when we find out all the members who made it. I think the really interesting thing is all the members are from different they're not just all Korean. We have several we have two Japanese members, two Chinese members, and the rest are Korean. So I love that they have a mixture member wise. Yeah, they definitely have a wide variety of members in the group. And it is definitely interesting to kind of look at the makeup of them and just kind of see, you know, how they shake out. Because uh, uh, I don't know, in, in my mind, it seems like they might have been because of the fact that, you know, they have two Chinese and two Japanese girls on the, 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 I don't want to say team uh, in the group that maybe they were, they were always wanting to be an international group, be my guess, uh, and really lean into the uh, multinationality of the members. 
Oh, yes, yes, I agree. And let me correct myself because I think there might be only one member who's from China. I was, I'm looking at all the members and I want to make sure I get it correct, but it's still a multilingual group, which is absolutely amazing. And I, I, I feel like it makes a good inter- international group, like you said, Gray, and how the Korean industry has been going. I feel a lot of their artists are able to debut in different countries because, uh, because of everything they they learn being an idol over there, they learn in different languages, and I think having members of different nationalities in Kepler really helps them, especially two members who are of Japanese nationality. I'm sure is a big a big helps them break through in the Japanese industry. So I'm very curious to see how that will go. And I do like that their rapper, she is actually Japanese, which is interesting. And I liked the rap in their song, Wing Wing. That was probably one of my favorite parts of it. I thought it was actually a decent, a pretty good debut track, to be honest. Uh, Wing Wing is definitely an interesting release. Uh, for me, I I don't listen to girl groups, so I don't have the nuance that it takes to really differentiate the, the groups. Uh, they sound to me a lot like twice which you know that that's just shows my ignorance is you know not that every group sounds like twice but for me kepler like i, I get twice vibes but you know it, it's not too bad I, honestly of of the release uh their fly up ep i i actually really like daisy i think daisy's pretty good but uh, wing wing's pretty pretty okay i'm not the biggest fan of it but i i can see the appeal and i can see what they were going for and it is nice to hear the japanese version of up and wada wada because uh it, it's always nice to hear like the the different english like the different language versions of various groups so uh you know their two biggest releases up to this point which is up and wada wada being in japanese it's a nice touch yeah, I agree, especially with Wadada hitting the chart so well in Japan. I think doing a Japanese version was a a big must for them as I mean it was already a big hit. So I'm curious to see how fans in Japan will react to them and I also would like to see what else Kepler can do in the future. I I understand the audience they're targeting honestly isn't really for me. I Especially with the compositions they have, they're very modern, westernized compositions, and I see the appeal to so many fans in this. And Wing Wing is a fun dance track, so is Wada Da. And I do like that Daisy sounds more unique out of all the tracks in general, which I did like that aspect. And I think Kepler has great vocals. And I do see your point how, you know, they, they have nine members, there are so many other girl groups who have between seven and nine members as well. So sometimes it is hard to differentiate when you're just hearing a group. And because some of them visuals is a big part of it for me. And also if you're, you know, it's a group you're not super familiar with at first. It's so easy to mistake them unless you have, like you said, a, a certain ear for those groups and you listen to them quite frequently. And I've had that issue with a lot of idol groups. There's some I can't distinguish and I always feel bad for that unless I know that particular song. And I I can easily see where that's the case with a lot of groups in general, especially with it's I feel like there's so many of them coming out lately and they all need that 
factor to make them stick out. I think Kepler's one will be their unique members, like that they have a that they have members from different nations and they're not just all Korean. So I think that'll probably be a big win for Kepler. But I'm curious sound wise how they'll stick out because that's what really matters. Yeah, because we've seen uh hybrid boy groups. Uh, I Lord, forgive me, I do not remember the name, but I remember there was a boy group that seems it was half Japanese, half Korean. Or maybe it was maybe it was a girl group. Maybe it was another girl group. Man, I don't remember. Because we we've had like these multicultural groups kind of crop up before in the past. And I, I remember kind of being underwhelmed because it's like, you know, they would drop a like a Korean style release and then they would drop a Korean style release and they would drop a Korean style release. And I'm like I'm like it's like but it's like half the group is Japanese. Talking about it's like, one. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah, because they they also did that too, and they were one of those, it's, I'm trying to think of the agency. I I remember, you know, and yes, their releases to me were underwhelming, and I totally see your point. From my perspective, I think that the thing I like about Kepler is they do stand out to me more than is one, but Kepler's still relatively new too. But I think they did do a great debut which is an amazing thing because i remember is is one's debut they were produced uh 48 group so that's that's kind of how i remember they're one of the produce they pretty much it was they did the same type of thing you know with the produce show the mnt competition show produce 88 uh 48 and then i mean kepler did come from members you know they did also were on a show but it was a girls project the girls Girls Planet 999. So yeah, they did come from TV shows. However, I also feel like it's how they're, how they utilize their talents. And I see how Is One was more based off the Idols 48s. And they are trying to do that, you know, the half and half, like the Korean Japanese mixture group, you know, and have a Korean style release, Japanese style release. I feel with the Kepler, they're not doing that. They're keeping the style they use in Korea and that they have used in Korea and just, you know, doing... And, and keeping that style and doing it in Japan, I mean, is that a good thing? I don't know yet. I would like to see them change it up and see what they can all do. And it'll be interesting to see them and how they're going to go back and forth with their Korean and Japanese releases as well. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see where they take it from here. And, you know, it would be really kind of, I think, cool to, to kind of them lean into, like, the different nationalities that they have. But... You know, it, it there's still so early. It'll, it'll be a while before we really see what this group is doing and, and kind of like what their goal is in the long run. So it'll be interesting to follow as they continue. Yeah, and they're very they're very new. So that's the thing. I mean, they just debuted in 2022. So we still have many years to see what style they're going to go through because I feel like they might still not have found themselves. And that's the thing I like about seeing a group debut is you can follow along with them and see where they go. Yeah, and it's it's good to catch on, you know, when they're, you know, just starting because, you know, I'm fairly certain, you know, if you follow like Girls' Generation from when they started to now, you know, that's a journey, uh, a long and winding journey. But, you know, it'd be an interesting one. And it's it's always fun to kind of start, you know, 
at ground floor and kind of just go along the journey with them. And then you can kind of look back and it's like, man, remember when, you know, this came out and that came out like that's, that that's always a wild thing. So it is, you know, it, I agree. And I was one of those who remembered when girls generation debuted in Japan. I also remember when 21 debuted four minute debuted. And I followed a lot of the debuts over the girl groups for years when, and this is speaking of my age, because when I mentioned some of these, like jewelry, I remember when they debuted in Japan and they're a group that who disbanded long ago. And it's just seeing how some of them have lasted a long time and made a huge impact. And Girls' Generation is one of those. Some of them, it lasted one or two albums and that's it. You know, so I love to see the impact they make and how they change their style, what works for them. And I think Kepler will be a very interesting group to to see where they go, especially just not just with the members they have, but the musical style. And with a lot of Korean groups crossing over, I mean, we do have a lot of crossover. We see a lot of Korean groups on the album charts. But Kepler is one of those that also has appeared on the single charts, too. And I'm looking forward to seeing more what they do. Yeah, I'm also interested in seeing, you know, what they do. I mean, this isn't really my genre, but, you know, Twice had a few releases that I wound up really liking. And, uh, you know, it's too early to write off uh, Kepler. So it'll be very interesting to see kind of what they come up with and where they go because they could have some really good hits ahead of them yes yeah i agree because twice has some tracks that i absolutely love and that was a group i was always kind of hit or miss on so it'll I, i'm looking forward i we're we at ongaku to you are looking forward to following kepler and their activities and we also look forward to seeing you know a hearing of their debut we want to congratulate them on a successful japanese debut and we hope they have much success in the future as well all right, so we do not have a music corner this week. However, we will be back with that next week when we have everyone on. So we are just going to dive straight into that Oricon that we all love. And it was honestly a pretty full week. I wouldn't say it was my favorite week, but a lot of new stuff came out. So we're going to start with number 10, which is Chigohagu by The Superfruit. And... Gray, I'm going to ask you, what did you think of Chiguhagu? Uh, I had mixed feelings about it. Uh, it starts off a little bit on the wild side, but as it progresses, I I, I liked it a, a bit. I never hit the plus sign because I, I don't know. I just I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, it's definitely a bit more on the hyper side. And that that just, it just, I don't know, it made me feel weird about it. I felt like someday I, the B-side track was much better. I, I had a little bit more fun with that. But other than that, uh, you know, it, it's all right. Yeah, so I, I for me, I, I kind of didn't know what to make of it. I thought it was okay. It didn't wow me. I mean, uh, Chiguhagu was interesting. I do agree. I like the B-side a little bit more, but it was a decent single. I do feel like it's more on the forgettable side. I thought the, the melody, you know, the composition was decent. Okay vocals, but it wasn't really what I was really feeling. 
I, I still recommend checking it out. I've never heard of the Superfruit until this point. So I'm always glad to check out something new. And I'm very glad for that. Right. So with that, Chigahagu by the Superfruit sold a total of 9,892 points. And moving on up to the next track, which is Su Sukijanai by Not Equal Me. And Gray, being the more resident idol person here, since Ken is not, what did you think of Su Sukijanai? Su Sukijanai, for me, it was a bit of a letdown from what not equal me typically does and i i think me and ken might have talked about this i don't remember it so uh you know if we're double covering it i'm sorry he he's he's got a much better memory than me so i, I lean on him to remember some things uh a bit because uh it's just it's just hard for me to remember this stuff i i try really hard but you know, usually Not Equals Me is a pretty solid idol group. I and they've had a lot of releases in the past that I've really liked, but Suzuki Janai, it's it's I don't know, it's it's not hitting on much for me. I it's too hyperactive. I guess would be a good way to put it. There's like you know, I like high energy songs. Don't get me wrong, but this is a little bit more energetic than I like, so it's definitely just uh, not a great song for me, and I I just was not enjoying it. So for me, uh, Suzuki Janai, it, it's a pass. I, I wasn't too crazy about it, but uh, if you're a not equal me fan, check it out. You might like it more than I did, but other than that like it's just kind of hard to recommend this song like i said we may even covered it before so not only is it not all that enjoyable but it's mildly forgettable so you know like i said uh, if if this is your thing check it out if it's not i I don't think you're gonna find anything you like about it yeah so i know not equal me has been on the oricon several times and we've talked about them and for the most part they're a hit for me but they can be the occasional miss with Suzuki Janai, I'm a little indifferent. I don't know. It felt a little too hyper for me, even though I do like some of the hyper anime-esque music. However, I just, I wasn't in love with Suzuki Janai. I, I thought it was okay, but it also just felt very forgettable and a little too, I don't know. I expected a little more from Not Equals Me. Than I usually do, but I mean, it's, I don't know, Suzuki Janai is just a difficult track to describe. I, it's okay. It's still not my genre, but if you like more of the hyper upbeat type of idol tracks, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And if you're a big fan of Not Equals Me, I'm sure you also really love it. I'm curious to hear Ken's thought on here because I know we've talked about them in the past several times. So hopefully it's still on here next week. I'm not sure. We will see. Yeah, I I would be curious to hear what Ken's thoughts are too because uh, in, in my mind, it's probably a little bit more hyper than what he likes. But... Uh, I know he's also liked a couple of Not Equal Me songs, so getting his take on it would be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. And I think they have great vocals. I just think it's a little much at times. It's not like Suzuki Shanai is a bad song. It just can be a little 
a, a tad bit much. Uh, but it did pretty well. So, Suzuki Janai by Not Equals Me sold a total of 10,469 points. And moving on to the up to the next track is Hypercracker by ASP. So, this was very interesting. I had no idea what to think of Hypercracker just because... One, I've never heard of ASP or listened to their music until this point. And then, you know, so I'm going in here blind. And I listened to it and I don't, I literally did not know what, I'm like, what is Hypercracker? I have no idea. I am so confused what this song is trying to do. And that I think was kind of my issue with it. It's not that it was bad. But it was very, very interesting. And I'm still trying to grasp what it actually is in general. So ASP actually stands for Anti-Style Idols. And you can hear that in their tracks. It's, they are technically an idol group, which I did not know they're part of. Um, pretty much their idol group formed in 2019 as a part of the group WAC. They describe themselves as anti-style idols. ASP stands for anti-society punks. I guess you could say that's the actual what it stands for. But they're pretty much like they're doing an anti-idol thing. And you can hear that in their music. But you still hear that idol aspect of it. And I'm still kind of debating what I think. I feel like my issue with Hypercracker is it's all over the place. And that's why when I heard it, I had no idea how to handle it. So I'm still, I guess you could say my mind is still comprehending Hypercracker because it's a track that is very unique in Oricon and stands out among the rest, whether that be good or bad. My terms, it's not for me, but I find it very intriguing of just because it's so out there and it doesn't know what it, it wants to be as it goes from one thing to the next. It stands out for that reason. It makes it memorable. So I would say take it as you will. I am interested in hearing more from ASP because the random rap in it was fantastic and I liked that. I just didn't like how it felt like there are all these songs compiled into one track. Uh, Great. I'm curious to hear your thoughts as this was a first time hearing them from both of us, if I recall. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't familiar with ASP. I, I didn't know what ASP stood for. I, I took a guess because I saw the, the title of their first album and thought it was a self-title album, but I'm glad it's not that. And uh, yeah, no, this was uh, definitely interesting and it's wild. I, for me, it feels like there's like seven songs playing at once with Hypercracker. And there's parts of the song that I really like, and there's there's like a nugget in there that's really good. There's there's moments that really I enjoy, and then there's moments that I find utterly grating. Cause cause you know I think of music as you know like a train like you know, a ride on the train tracks, uh, and you know you know I like that flow that 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 linear movement that you get and, and and you know there should be like some progression and some changing it up you know it shouldn't be super linear but when it's just bouncing back and forth like to me it's it's a little bit too it's a little bit too much 
so for stuff like that, I, I'm not the the biggest fan of. Uh, but ASP, they they're definitely doing their own thing. If just looking at their discography and kind of like what they've released, uh, they're they're definitely kind of out there doing their own thing. So uh, it it'll be interesting to see if we come across ASP again. Uh, they're under AVEX, which is also interesting in my opinion, but. Uh, definitely, uh, they're labeled alternative in Apple Music, and I, if I had to throw a label at them, I think alternative would be a good label. But even then, like I don't think that's a good label to throw at them. But it's like I said, they're doing their own thing, and it's wild. It is. I will say, Hypercracker made me want to check out more of their their songs, even though I wasn't sold on Hypercracker in general. I found them very interesting because they stood out. And I actually love the names of their album titles because they crack me up. So they do have that impact on there. And they look very interesting. But I'm glad to see ASP on here. We discovered something new today. And Hypercracker sold a total of 12,742 points. And moving on up to Historia by... Beado Ado, and it's, I want to say it's like Beardado, Beado Ado, Katakana is always weird and hard to translate, so I know Grace, sometimes you like these type of groups, because you really like the Rambudanshi, so I'm curious to hear what you thought of Historia. Yeah, there have been like a couple, like, you know, Token Rambudanshi, I've been kind of enjoying as of late but beard auto auto is i did not like historia at all i thought this was actively bad i did not like the vocals in it uh, i just it i found it to be really grating and just all over the the, the composition was okay it but the vocal work in it, I just did not like. I felt like that was a mess, and I didn't enjoy it at all. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to give these guys another shot. Uh, I don't know what their discography is or how many releases they've had, but, you know, I'd give them... I'd, I'd be willing to listen to more, see if all their music's kind of in this vein, but... Historia specifically, I did not enjoy. I thought that one was rough. And I honestly, I would say that it's the the song that I liked the least was this one this week. Like if, if I had to pick a song that I liked by far the least, it was this one. And I just was not enjoying Historia. Yeah, so Historia by Bea Doado is... I'm in agreement with you. I did not care for this. And I'm hit or miss on some of these groups. For me, it was the vocals. That threw me for a new one. It just didn't fit with the composition. It also wasn't my style of vocals. It, I just couldn't get into Historia. And I I think that... I feel like Historia, this type of track and this group, Yado Ado, is the type that it's targeting a specific audience and I realize that this is not the target I'm not the target they want to they're going for which is fine I found Historia a very interesting track 
by far not for me and by any means. However, I like seeing things like this because it showcases the variety of music that's out there and just the audiences that take in this music is very intriguing because it's something that, you know, we do need and it's fun to talk about even if we may not like it. So if you do like it, props to you. I, for me, their vocal work is just not my thing. However, it was, I'm glad I got to listen to it. It was a very interesting track. And it sold decently well, too. So, Historia by Biado Adol sold a total of 14,345 points. And moving on up to number six, which is Clap Clap by Need You. And we've already talked about this as a group. I think we've all... Uh, how do you say, beat the dead horse on this one. You know, we've talked about it for a bit. Yeah. And, I mean, it's Need You. It, you know what you're getting with them. And there's nothing more we can say. I mean, I didn't download any of this, but it wasn't horrible. So I'm glad to see it's still doing well. Good for Need You. I, I think they're going to be sticking on here for quite some time as the generation they're targeting is eating this up. All right, so Clap Clap I Need You sold a total of 15,929 points. And moving on up to number five, which is Sayonara Sarada Saraba by Bish. And Gray, I know you are a one of the resident Bish lovers here. So what did you think of Sayonara Saraba? Uh, yeah, no, this is... Uh, a great track. Uh, I absolutely loved it. And uh, if it wasn't for another release, I think this would be my track of the week. And I did. I, I love Sayonara Saraba. It, it's just really, this to me is like an older style Bish song. But man, they, you know, they've been, like I said, going out on a high note, every release that they put out, you know, ever since they've announced their retirement, I've just absolutely enjoyed Sayonara Saraba is no exception. Uh, they're now of the current string of tracks that they have released. I wouldn't say this is my favorite either, uh, but it, it's good. It, it's good. I like it a lot, and I had a lot of fun with this, and I will be listening to it uh, again uh, this weekend, uh, and eager to see what they put out next. See if the, the you know they continue this momentum that they've had that they've established. Uh, I you know they're going out on a high note, and it is uh, definitely something to behold, and I'm. As a fan, you know, it's bittersweet. Like, you know, I hate to see them retire. All good things must come to an end, but I feel like they're going out on a high note. And I I really enjoyed these last several releases. So uh, let's keep it up. There's only a, two or three more. So uh, I know there's one for October and there's one for November. And then... I don't know if there's one for December. I know they have an album coming out in December and that'll be it. But I don't know if they have one more new single that they're also going to drop in December if they're just going to do the album. So there's only two or three more singles left. Uh, the end is near, sadly. But, you know, let them go out in the blaze of glory. Uh, they just It's been a wonderful time listening to this last leg. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm not a, I honestly, when I first heard Bish, and this was when we first started discussing them years ago, they weren't for me. And I recognized that for quite some time. However, they have grown on me this year. And when we say they're going out with a bang, they're going out with a bang because I've enjoyed almost all their singles that they've dropped this year. I mean, Pyo and Gomenne are my two favorites so far. And I honestly think Sayonara Saraba is really good too. It's not my favorite of all of them, but to me, they're still releasing quality singles after all these months. And that's amazing to do. So it shows they're doing their best when they go out. And they're just, they're doing, they're going out a hundred on their hundred percent level and they're not you know i'm trying to i'm trying to think of the correct how to say this sometimes my words get jumbled since this is their last year they're not just going out with a bang they're putting their all into it they want this to be the most memorable year for them and being honest they've done that so far and i think they're going to continue to do it i honestly think the next singles they will be released will be fantastic too because all the all the tracks they've done this year even if we all have our favorites one or you know whatever one it is I can agree that they've all been quality tracks even if I'm like eh, I like this one better but it doesn't mean it's bad I think they've all been great and I honestly think their vocals have grown on me which was my biggest issue with Bish in general but this year they've really shown to me that I don't mind some of their music. I've actually grown to enjoy it, especially with everything so far. I I, I do recommend checking out Sayonara, uh, Sayonara Saraba and all their other singles they've released as far and follow them. Watch them go out with their all and just make this year the best they can. All right. So with that, and I, I'm, I, I want the bish to stay on for next week because i would love to hear ken's thoughts just because i know we've been talking about bish after each single has charted and it's always great to have him on here so hopefully those will be hanging around but with that sayonara saraba sold a by bish sold a total of 17,966 points and moving on up to our favorite single from last week it's m Pasuero by Emi. I don't think we can say more than what we said last week. However, if you want to hear our initial thoughts, all three of our thoughts, check out last week's episode because we dive into how much we really loved M. Right, Gray? Oh, yeah. No, I actually wound up going back and adding it to my library. I hit the plus sign on I for, it. So. Well, I knew you liked it. I was being sarcastic for me and Ken, <laughs> but I knew one oh, of us yeah. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sometimes sometimes i get sarcasm and sometimes it goes way over my head so was, i am sorry <laughs> no you're fine that was me being sarcastic because me and ken our thoughts were not so good on it but i remember gray you did like you were hit you were still debating on hitting the plus last week because i remember yeah. you saying you like password and then me and ken had opposite thoughts yeah. on that so i like i liked like password was okay it was stride shooting star and mirror it's like all the b tracks that were really freaking good and like password's like eh, it's not bad uh, they, they say the word password way too many times but uh you know it's it's not the worst song in the world but yeah it was really the b b tracks that i, I wound up hitting the plus sign that was the reason 
And I guess you could just hit the plus sign on the individual tracks and not get the full, but eh, I'm lazy. I just hit the full thing, so. Yeah, and I mean, but, Mirror, if I'm correct, if that was the ballad, that that was, yeah. I will say, I thought that one was very solid. The But Passwordo is a song. I was being very sarcastic. However, I will give props to Mirror. They do have great vocals when when they can so but if you want to hear our full initial thoughts because we really did dive into this single as a whole last week i highly recommend going back and just checking out that excerpt if you want to hear more about Eni's m password so with that m by Eni sold a total of 19,113 points and moving on to beautiful by by chan gun suk and great, I'm gonna let you start talking about beautiful because I know how much you love Chankun Suku, and whenever he's on here, you get very excited. Yeah, so I actually found this track. I didn't know it would be number three when we were doing the show, but I, I actually found this track Friday, and I've been listening to it all weekend. I love this release by Chankun Suk, and you know, I, I really fell in love with this guy last year. And uh, this is the first thing I've heard him put out this year. I don't know if he's had any other releases this year, but this is the first one that I've heard. Uh, and it, it's good. It's really good. Uh, Beautiful is a great track with great vocals. But honestly, if, if I'm going to be fair with you guys, I felt like Goes On was the star of this EP, uh, which is the second track. Like that song is phenomenal and just really good you want to talk about like just repeatedly listening to something uh goes on is so good it's so beautifully sung uh the chorus just works so well with his vocals uh and his vocals really match the melody so well and goes on it just wound up really stealing my heart and I just wound up loving goes on. But like I said, Beautiful is an amazing track too. Uh, there's four tracks on this release. Uh, and I, I think like, you know, this whole release is super great. And Junkun Suk is fantastic. I need to do, I need to do music corner on him. And I, I think like the only reason I haven't is because he kind of took that pause and I, I didn't, I just, haven't gone back and listened to like his early stuff, but uh, Jonkun Suk, you know, ever since he made the Oricon chart, has been consistent, awesome, and a great vocalist. And Beautiful is no exception. This is easily the best release that we're going to talk about of the day. I, I don't think it's much of a competition. And I'm always eager to see what this man's going to do next. And he he just does not disappoint. I love this guy and i am looking forward to see what he does next uh, this was a great release if you have not heard beautiful go check it out you're you're missing out if you haven't heard it yet just so i'm also two for two on this is beautiful is a great ep and i 100 percent agree with gray that goes on did steal the show it is an absolutely fabulous song but beautiful is a great leading track and just seeing uh chankun suk release a new single right after he gray he actually released a new album called blooming in march 
of this year. I will have to check that out. And it has some of your favorite tracks on there that he released last year, such as Amagoy, I know you really liked, and Day by Day. So, I mean, and Emotion is on there too, Star. So, yeah, he, I mean, he, it's great to see Beautiful come out right after, not too long after he released Blooming. And he is a fabulous vocalist, and Chan Kun just shows that in all the songs. I actually thought the whole single was legit good. This whole EP was phenomenal. And I can't say enough about it. The melody, just how smooth his vocals are. And I think part of it is he really knows how to use his voice to the best of his abilities to match with the songs he's doing. And that's what makes his music really good. I also would love to listen to more of his music. Uh, so far, everything he's released, whenever he comes into Oricon, I've loved all the all the ones that have made it on here. And he's just a phenomenal vocalist so i also recommend it and i'm hoping this one also stays on here for next week as it is a it was a brand new track on the oricon which was great so i'd like to get ken's thoughts on chan kun because i remember he also enjoyed his music when he showed up on the oricon as well all right so with that beautiful by chan kun sook sold a total of twenty one thousand three hundred fifty nine points and moving on to Good Boy Gone Bad by Tomorrow Times Together. So we we kind of talked about Tomorrow Times Together, but not in singles, if I recall. We've mainly talked about them because they always make the album charts. We always see Tomorrow Times Together on there with all their mini albums they've released. And they've I done... Know, I, hmm? I, I, I do want to say, I think... There was one time we talked about them on the Oricon. Oricon. And it, it uh, might have been an episode I wasn't on. But yeah, they've it, been it was on over the charts before. Ago. So, yeah. but we always talk about their albums on there because they've had a couple drop, you know, on the charts. So, for A Good Boy Gone Bad, being honest, as soon as I saw the title, I kind of rolled my eyes because there's a Rihanna song called Good Girl Gone Bad. And the first thing I thought was, is this a take on Rihanna's Good Girl Gone Bad? So, I mean, Good Boy Gone Bad kind of did remind me a little bit of Rihanna's Good Girl Gone Bad, but not by much. Uh, I I honestly thought it was okay. I, I haven't really dived into Tomorrow Times Together, which I'm very picky on my boy group, so I'm going to be honest. And this comes from a resident Big Bang lover. But... You know, I, I'm a little picky. I actually thought the song wasn't too bad. I I thought the chorus was a little catchy. I actually like the rap a lot. And the one thing I will say I did like about Tomorrow Times Together, and not just Good Boy Gone Bad in particular, but I feel like their vocals and their rapper, they actually match with the songs, which is why I was like, okay, this is, that was my issue with Eni and has always been. But I felt like Tomorrow Times Together has their flow down. And that's what I did like. Now, is this song for me? This isn't really marketed for my type of audience. But I understand what it's trying to do. And it wasn't a bad track. I I actually thought it, it was better than I thought it would be. I was really worried it was going to be straight pop and lock. And it, it had some of that remnants to it, but it wasn't full on pop and lock, which made me happy. I... 
I honestly did like the B-sides on there. Uh, I thought they were pretty legit good. So as a as a single as a whole, it wasn't too bad. And I'm curious to check out more of their music just because after listening to it, I'm very, I guess you could say perplexed. And, it, and when I'm perplexed with an artist, it's kind of like, you know, this, I might not love it. I don't hate it. I'm very interested. And I don't know quite what to think, but I will say their song Ring was what I really liked. It was a full out, it was a ballad and it was, their vocals were phenomenal. And that's what really pulled me in. That caught my ear. And Good Boy Gone Bad is a Japanese version of their Korean song. Just FYI. And some of those are usually hit or miss for me because sometimes I side with one more than the other. But, and I, I honestly thought they were pretty, you know, they're pretty good. And I'm interested in checking out more of their their songs now. So great. I'm curious to hear what you, you think, uh, you thought of Good Boy Gone Bad. Yeah, you know what we should have done is listen to the Korean version of this and kind of compare and contrast. I think that would give us a little bit more insight. Um, but yeah, it's like I, I, it's been a long time since we talked about Tomorrow Cross Together or Tomorrow Together. I, I don't know how you say their name, but uh, you know, I, I actually thought this was a pretty decent release overall. Uh, Good Boy Gone Bad it's catchy you know you know i I didn't hit the plus sign i don't know if i'm the target audience for this group as much as i love my boy groups like i I like the the vocal stuff a little bit more uh now i I will say you know ring in hitori no yoru do lean a bit more into their vocals than good boy gone bad and then that's way more my speed but I, i don't know i'm I might go back and hit this. I, I don't know if I'm going to hit the plus sign on this release or not. But it, it was a lot better than I was expecting. And I, like I said, I, I thought Good good Boy Gone Bad, it's, it's not terrible. It, it's catchy. It's pretty, you know, it's got a good rhythm to it. It's got a good hook. And uh, it definitely can get stuck in your head very easily. So I, I think Good Boy Gone Bad is a pretty solid release overall. You are right. We do see them way more on the albums than we really do the single releases because they drop so many, many albums. Uh, but I think they're pretty popular in Japan. Uh, judging by the sales numbers, they're insanely, they're insanely popular in Japan. And I didn't realize how, how much the number two sold. But... Yeah, like this was not a bad release, all things considered. And uh, you know, it, I, I, you know, there, I could easily see a day coming where I hit the plus sign and they, them being the song of the week because, uh, they do have good vocals when they want to have good vocals. And I think if you know they dropped a song that was very vocal intensive, I would probably eat it up in a heartbeat. So, you know, the the day could come where I'll be singing their praises, but right now, you know, like I said, you know, this wasn't a bad release overall. I, you know, it was a lot better than I was honestly expecting. So, uh, you know, overall, not too bad. Like I said, haven't hit the plus sign yet, but uh, worth checking out because you might hit the plus sign. Yeah, so I agree. And the one thing I realized is I actually kind of going back and thinking about it more, they actually have good harmonies in it. And I think... That is one of the things I did enjoy about their vote. They might not ha- show their their vocal capabilities as much 
in Good Boy Gone Bad as they do in Ring, but they do have a good chemistry with each other and I think they flow together very well. So I, I'm i interested in hearing more from them and I hope they make it again. And oh, they're huge in Japan. They love them because their Korean mini albums sell like hotcakes. And I actually have seen their CDs at Target in my area before. So they're popular where I live as well. I've also seen at Barnes and Noble. So they're popular everywhere in Walmart. But I, I'm glad to see them on here. They sold gangbusters with Good Boy Gone Bad. And I mean, so I'll just tell y'all the sales numbers because it's phenomenal. Good Boy Gone Bad by Tomorrow Times Together sold a total of 367,487 copies. And with that, we're going to move on to our number one single. So if you think number two sold really well, let's talk about one. So number one is Siki to Iu no wa Roku Dase. And that is by Nogizaka46. And they are back. And as you can tell by the cover, this is a summary song. I don't know if I agree with that. I like that cover, but I don't know if I agree with agree with the summary look but i'm gonna let gray you talk about this because right now with ken not here you're a resident idol person anyway yeah no and uh, honestly i think this is uh, i don't know there's i think ken's gonna disagree with me with what i'm about to say uh but uh i I really like this release Uh, now i think you know, you have to go into it realizing that I, I don't think that Sukito Iuno wa Roku days, I, I don't think that it reinvents the wheel, so to speak. It's very much, you know, in that vein of, you know, what Nogizaka is known for uh, and, and stuff. So I, so, you know, if you're wanting some, something that's, kind of like really mix it up a bit I, I you know this is not the song i don't i don't think they're doing this uh the, in a lot of ways this song to me feels back to basics and stuff like this is something you could easily hear hinata zaka 46 doing uh is very much in that vein so to speak and i i liked it like i said i i liked it a lot uh, you know, nogizaka 46 in my in my mind has kind of been floundering for a while and this is really the first track that they've dropped that I was like, well, you know, the vocals are good. The harmonies are good. The melody is, is pretty good. Uh, everything works. Now, like I said, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's not the best release that they've ever had. It's none of that. But for what it's doing, it is really good. I do agree with Luna. I, I don't get summer vibes from this track. Maybe maybe that's just us. Um, you know, maybe you listen to it and you, you, you know, you feel like you're sitting on the beach just baking in the sun. I don't feel that way listening to this at all, but yet, you know, it is what it is. Uh, like I said, I, I liked it. I hit the plus sign on this. This is definitely their best release in a while. Uh, no questions this is hands down. And honestly, I've always felt like Nogizaka 46 always had a pretty solid summer song. Uh, but that's just me. And so I liked it. I, I don't know if this release is for everyone. And like I said, if you're looking for them reinventing the wheel or something like that, I think you'll be very disappointed. because This release is not that at all. This is very much standard idol fare. 
but it's done really well and like i said i really liked it but i don't think this is for everyone so i'm glad it sold well i'm glad to see the numbers that it got but your mileage may vary you may not like it as much as i liked it yeah so i i do feel like it is generic and but that's always that's my issue with a lot of the newer idol music in general i for me it's very hard to get into some of it i don't think sukitoi unoa roku daze is a bad track by any means it just feels like it's just there i do think their harmonies are good and it does flow with the composition and if you're looking for an upbeat track I, I can easily see, yeah, this is going to get your energy boosted, especially if you're a Nogizaka fan or you're a 4846 fan. I I can easily see all those fans going toward this. And I do like the piano opening in that first 10 seconds. Then when it straight up picks up, I don't like the whoa, that type of thing. That does throw me off. I do understand, you know, a lot of the idols like to do that. They show their harmony, you know, show some of their vocals. I, that part kind of does irk me in the track. At times I do feel like, yeah, you hear them singing all at once. And yeah, I know it's a track with, it's a big group. Of course they're going to do that. But sometimes I like it when they single out more individual members. And at times I feel like this doesn't quite have a lead in places but it could be me also not being able to distinguish one from the next you know and that's my fault because you know i don't listen to much nogizaka 46 do i think it's a bad track no am i gonna download it no uh to me it like grace said it to me it's very generic it's not changing anything it's just they're kind of going back with to what they did i i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i wish if ken was on here because i would love to hear his thoughts on this I will say what I've noticed with the 46 and 48s lately is I don't care for the lead track, but guess what I end up liking? I end up liking all the B-side tracks. Like Yumio Miruku Kiniku is fantastic. I really like that one. And I also like Bokuga Tewo Takaku Hoe. I actually like that one too. So some of the other B-side tracks, I'm like, I really like this one. And Passion Fruit no Tabetakata was cute. You know, so some of those, I'm like, oh, these are okay. They stood out a little more than Sukitoyu no Arokudaze. And I want something to stand out. I mean, but I can see why this is the lead track at the same time. However, I do go more toward the other ones than this. But it sold gangbusters. I mean, like, holy cow. We had two big selling singles this week. So, Sukitoyu no a Rokudaze by Nogizaka46 sold a total of 576,597 copies. That's half a mil, which, I mean, that is fantastic for what we've seen singles selling in the last couple years. Now, I will say, compared to years ago, and I mean years ago, they, the this single would have been in a million copy range. I'm going to be honest. That's what a lot of them used to be before the digital age. However, and, and also I feel like a lot of physical media has just come down a lot and a lot of people aren't buying it lately. But in this day and age, 
the amount it sold over half a mil is fantastic because we don't see we haven't seen that very much lately yeah honestly when was the last time we talked about a release that had a million uh cells i it, it's been a, it's been i want to say it was either snowman or stones it was someone johnny's yeah. it was johnny's like, or it was Idol. i think it was like their debut maybe. yeah and johnny's like, like also snowman imitation really well. rain yeah. yeah, I know we've talked about ones recently that have hit those numbers. Now, can I recall what they are offhand? No. But there are artists that do hit them. and But it, it we don't see it like we used to. I feel like back in the day, as soon as AKB released something, you're talking million copies. You know, Ayumi a million copies. Arashi, you know, things like that. And that that's what I remember. And but I think for today's day and, day and age, with a lot of physical media going away, selling over half a mil is really good. And yeah, there are still artists who can do it and do do it, but we haven't seen it as much lately. So props on Nogizaka for killing it. And same with uh, TXT Tomorrow Times Together. I mean, good job. I, they best selling singles, and I'm actually curious how the albums are because usually when singles kills it, albums don't kill it. So we are going to take a gander and just see what we see on here. Oh, we got Megadeth. I forgot Megadeth had a new album. Good for them making it to the Japanese charts. Here we go, Gray. Guess who we were talking about earlier? Shoujo Jidai. Girls' Generation. Their Korean album is on Forever One at number nine. Yep. So I'm glad. I mean, it's actually really good. We got Pims on here, which I haven't seen in forever at number seven with their album Relight. Good for them. And we got Aimeon. I'm glad to see Aimeon still hanging in here. I'm waiting for my copy. And then we got Takeuchi Maria, the Quiet Life 30th Anniversary Edition. Good for her. She is phenomenal artist if you've not checked her out. And we got another group we just talked about in today's podcast. We got Twice on here between 1 and 2, their 11th mini album. So I'm glad to see they're still going strong and twice you got some competition with kepler look out now we got Otto on here and i'm sure she'll stay for a while and then we also got gray we got one of your uh we got sky high's group on here we got b1 by b first at number one so good for b first and good for sky high because i know this is the group he produced if i'm correct and I'm yep. happy to see them on here, and they did very well. They sold 161,331 points or copies. I'm not, I don't know why I'm saying points because this all should have been copies. So Ken, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it, it's okay, uh, and it, it, I will say it is definitely wild because usually, like you know, like if one side's over like a hundred thousand stuff like that, like you you can kind of always see you know like the give and take of it all because you know there's only so much money in circulation so you know there's only so much uh where everything is going but you know for you know be first to sell that many copies that's impressive and really to be commended especially on a week where you know you, you on the single side you had one single that sold over five hundred thousand copies and one sold over three hundred thousand copies like that that's a lot of that's a lot of physical re- releasing uh releases that, that were purchased this week. It's oh yes, crazy. it's amazing to see that, and I want to congratulate everyone on just just 
It's been, it was a great week in numbers and sales. And even if we weren't fans of all the ones on here, I mean, just seeing all the numbers and seeing all these new titles, it's great to get this nice refreshing start than what we've had lately. And with that, we want to thank you and remind you to check out our website at www.ongaku2u.com. Also be sure to follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page at ongaku2u. We also want to give a big thank you to all our affiliates. And with, we, with that, we got Kyoru Hunter, who is a retro and horror Twitch streamer, and who also has the cutest little boy named Rhubarb, so you need to follow Kyoru Hunter. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Kyoru Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out Timber Taft, who is playing all those games. And is also a vocalist in his own right. If you remember, he did the song to Devil May Cry. Uh, not Devil May Cry. He did the song to Devil May Cry, baby. I'm switching up my animus right here. So you can check out Timber Taft on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Timber Taft. T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out my sister, Rosalie, who has been streaming all kinds of different things lately. And I want to say Monster Hunter is one of them. And she's been streaming a few new titles as well and doing some raids and some Genshin Impact. So you can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainstarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate Fangirl Has No Name. So she has a new book recently that she wrote. I highly recommend checking that out. Me and Ken have talked about it in the past. I bought a copy. I still need to read that copy. I'm excited because when I need something with a lot of uh, mm, some very, some nice romancy, you know, book, I'm looking forward to diving right in. She also does some Final Fantasy streaming as well in Zelda. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. And you can also check out our usual host... Ken at Twitter at OTYKen1, where he tweets about Bang Dream, Aina Aiba, D for DJ, and all that fun good stuff. And don't forget to check out the podcast that Kyo, Timber, Fangirl, and Ken do called Potasaurus, where they discuss various video games and what is new in that industry and dive into a lot of other fun stuff like Fangirl's new book, which you got to check out. All right. And with that, the uh, Potasaurus is available on all podcast streaming services. And Gray, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. If you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. And you can follow me at all the social media, such as the Twitter Letterbox, my anime list, Anime Planet, and Kitsu as Luna Maria87, L U N A M A R I A 87, and as Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram, where I mainly talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. Stay tuned for all that horror goodness because that's what I'm going to be talking about lately with October coming up. If you like that, follow me there. And with that, we want to thank everyone today for listening to our latest episode. We greatly appreciate it and all of your support. Hope you enjoyed. Jamatene. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back here next time. Bye-bye.